0: Hey, good morning everyone. Welcome and happy Thanksgiving. All right, let's try it one more time. Happy Thanksgiving NCF. Good to see all of you and so delighted to have you here on this special first ever uh, joint service on the NCF side. Uh, We wanted to do this just because we wanted to have this occasion to just worship and, and really give thanks to God for what he has done and what he continues to do in our ministry. And can you just... Not find another awesome reason to give thanks with that beautiful presentation of our children. Let's just give another clap off to God for work. <laughs> you know, growing up in the church, uh, my parents forced me uh, to do these embarrassing, humiliating presentations as I'm sure our kids just felt a moment ago. And I couldn't grasp why my mom would always. Basically threatened me to, to do this, otherwise I would face consequences, but now I know. It brings such delight to us to see our children give thanks, even if it might be a little bit embarrassing for them. So, praise God for the fact that we can enjoy humiliating our children for the glory of God. So, <laughs> uh, with that said, let's uh, go to God in prayer and ask for him to bless uh, today's short message. Let's pray together. Father, we ask that you would be with us now as we just spend a few moments meditating on your word And giving thanks to you for what you have done, what you are doing now, and what you will do in our lives. Father, we are so lost without you. And we are so grateful that you do not leave us to just be vagabonds, just roaming the earth, falling to the prey of sin and our enemy. And so, God, we ask now that you would continue to guide us with your word, teach us and encourage us and equip us with wisdom that only comes from you so that we will be able to navigate through the complexities of this life and give you glory and also be a blessing to this world. Oh God, we pray that you will bless this message in spite of the one who brings it, for we ask in Jesus' name, amen, amen. So today's message is going to be very short uh, because we want to be considerate to all the other special presentations that we have. We also have two baptisms for today. So uh, if you have your Bible or if you want to just look up on your screen, our passage for today's short message comes to us from the book of Job, chapter 1. And we're going to read verses 20 to 21. (laughs) Yuna, please, go ahead. I was waiting for you. Uh, Today's scripture comes to us from the book of Job, uh, chapter 1, verses 20 to 21. Then Job arose and tore his robe and shaved his head and fell on the ground and worshiped. And he said, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I apologize. I was not aware that she was standing behind me, but thank you for that one person pointing frantically behind me so I would not make more of a fool of myself than I already did. Thank you. Um, Imagine for a moment that you are the most successful person on the planet, Let's say, for example, that you're married to the most wonderful spouse who is not only beautiful or handsome, but they just love you, support you, respect you, and bring out the best in you. Let's say that you have children who are not only incredibly good-looking, they're talented, they're brilliant, they're smart, everyone wants to be their friends and they're thriving in their schools. Let's say that you have a business that is just succeeding, leaps and bounds. You're bringing in the money, the business is multiplying, Yelp is giving you the best reviews ever in its history. Let's say you have all these things. For many of us, I would venture to guess that we would probably be in a very thankful mood, would we not? We would probably come to church every Sunday, and we would give thanks to God, saying, Oh, Lord, you're so good. Thank you for all your blessings. And we would tell all of our Christian friends and neighbors, say that God is good all the time, all the time. God is good, right? It's so easy for us to give thanks in moments, in seasons, where everything seems to be going on away. way, All the goals are being met, all the plans are being fulfilled, but my question to you as we begin is simply to ask, what would you do, how would you react when all the things that are going well in life are no longer going well at all? Let's say, for scenario purposes, this situation happens. You're in your kitchen having your morning coffee, then without warning, your neighbor just barges in and says, your brand new car that you just bought just got stolen, right? Right in front of you. Or let's say as soon as that person comes in, another person comes in, it's your business partner, and they say, our third business partner just took all of our assets, took all the money, and we don't know where he went, and we're completely broke. Or let's say as soon as that person comes in, your spouse runs down, the roof just caved in over our children's room, and they're all dead. How would you respond in a situation as grim, as dark, and sinister as that? You're thinking to yourself, oh, pastor, what a... Messed-up scenario. Could that ever happen in real life? Well, yeah, it actually did. It actually happened to the person of the Scripture passage that we just read in the book of Job. That is exactly what happened to the Old Testament saint known as Job. He was a man who had everything. And then in one sweeping moment, in one day, he lost it all. He lost his business. He lost his children. He lost the love and support and respect of his wife. And yet, in the midst of all that incredible loss how does he respond the lord giveth and the lord taketh away blessed be the name of the lord forever instead of grieving with sorrow and bitterness and anger what does he do he gives thanks to god here's the question how in the world can a man like that who suffered that much give thanks to god in a moment where it just seems like the world has just robbed him of all how is it possible See, when you and I read the story of Job that's in the Old Testament, we are perplexed by his reaction. We are perplexed by this man and his character. Because all of us in here, we are the types that when things are going well, we give thanks. But when things are not going well, we never, ever give thanks. And so the question is, how do we imitate the saints, as Scripture tells us we should, So that we can imitate the saint of Job. How do we give thanks in an unthankful world? Well, the Bible will tell us there are two things that we need to get into the habit of doing. Spiritual disciplines that we need to cultivate, powered by the grace of God. And when we cultivate these two spiritual disciplines, we could grow and cultivate in becoming a person who is always thankful, regardless of the circumstances that come into our lives. And those two things is what we're going to talk about today. In the first issue or the first thing that we must do is that we must always remember there are two perspectives that we can always look into the world. There are always two perspectives of which we can always look into the world. Whatever psychologists want to figure out the kind of personality that a person possesses, one of the ways they try to assess that is by putting a glass, an empty glass, and pouring it halfway with water and simply ask the question, is this glass half empty or half full? Now, from an objective scientific standpoint, there are two possible answers that are both considered equally right. There are no wrong answers. But believe it or not, according to the Bible, for a Christian, there is only one right answer. And guess what answer that is? For many of us, especially for those of us who grew up in New York City or lived in here long enough, we tend to be glass-half-empty folks, are we not? We tend to be pessimistic. We tend to always fixate on what is wrong and what's not going right. We always have something to which we can complain or gripe about. Why? Because we have this habit of always spinning a narrative about ourselves in our lives that always point in the direction of half Last empty right we say things like nothing goes my way i never get what is owed to me nobody cares about me and my problems and so we always fixate on what we think is wrong and our mindsets are locked into this permanent mindset to where we cannot think of any other way to where we think this is the only way of honestly looking at life and yet the bible would say no That is not the only objective way of looking at the world. In fact, there is another way, a more accurate way, a more truer way if you are a follower of Jesus. And that is the perspective of thankfulness, the perspective of optimism, the perspective of hope. In the book Robinson Crusoe, we come across a man who's been shipwrecked on a deserted island for over 27 years. And all throughout those 27 years, he's journaling his experiences, right? And in one journal entry, he tries to compare and contrast the things in which he could complain about with regard to his situation and the things in which he could give thanks for. Take a look at what he does. First, he starts off with this complaint. I am cast upon a horrible, deserted island with no hope of rescue. Thanks, but I am alive and did not drown like the rest of the crew. Complaint, I have no clothes to wear, but I am in a hot climate where if I had clothes, I could not wear them anyway. Complaint, I have no way to defend myself from another man or wild beast. Thanks, but I am on an island where there are no wild beasts to hurt me like there are in Africa. What if I shipwrecked there? You see how this man looks at the world. He looks at the world honestly and completely. Yes, there are things in his life to which he can fixate and focus on and f- stay in this complaint mindset. But he chooses not to stay there, but instead he also sees the other perspective in which there are many things going on in his life through God's providence to where he should and he must give thanks to God. And the point that I'm simply trying to make here is simply this. We need to remember that there is another way of looking at life than this permanent locked-in mindset that nothing is going right, everything is wrong, nobody cares about me. There is another way of looking at life that isn't self-deceptive, that isn't a lie, that isn't naive, that isn't stupidly optimistic. No, there is an accurate, honest way of looking at life where you can genuinely say without feeling like you're lying to yourself by saying, I can genuinely give thanks to God. And the question is, why? Why? And this leads to the second thing you must remember, and that is we need to remember what Jesus did for us. We need to remember what Jesus did for us. When you remember what Jesus has done for you, Then you can cultivate the things of thankfulness, even in situations where it seems like there is nothing to be thankful for. What do I mean by that? To always remember what Jesus has done for us. Well, I'm sure most of you guys are old enough to be aware of this reality. That just because you are a Christian doesn't mean that you are not going to suffer in this life. If you are a follower of Jesus, that does not mean that you are immunized and therefore permanently protected from the brokenness and sufferings that go on in this world. We live in a broken world, which means every single one of us, Christian and non-Christian, will suffer. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. You will suffer. You will have setbacks. You will have grievances. You will have trials and tribulations coming your way. But there is a difference between the sufferings of a Christian and the sufferings of a non-Christian. And you know what that is? The sufferings of a non-Christian can really take away what non-Christians value the most in life. Again, the sufferings of a non-Christian can take away the things that they see as the most important, the most valuable thing. But that is not true of the Christian. You know why? Because what is the most important thing for the Christian? Well, let's first guess what's the most important thing for a non-Christian. Well, they would probably say something like, maybe my health. Maybe my children, maybe my spouse, my family members, my friends, my job, right? My very life. But for the Christian, those are as important as they are, not the most important things. You know what the most important thing is for us as Christians? It's God. God's presence, God's loving approval, that according to scripture and according to the gospel is the most important thing. And because of what Jesus has done for us, through his death, through his righteous living, through his resurrection, he has secured that one thing that we value more than anything else. He has secured God's loving approval, God's presence to where even death cannot separate us from that very thing. And here's the thing. It is God's love that provides and creates the very things that we love in this life whether it be our health, whether it be our life, whether it be our parents, our siblings, our children, our spouse. See, when we have the power of God's love, we have access to the very power that creates and restores the things that we could lose in this life. So here is my question to you. Have you cultivated this prioritization of loving God's love for you more than anything else? Have you prioritized in making sure that the greatest treasure is God's loving approval of you and not anything or anyone else? You see, when you have that mindset where God and his approval of you is the greatest thing, and when you know that Jesus has secured it for us, no matter what sufferings, no matter what tragedies, no matter what hardships or setbacks you go through, Nothing can rob you of the very basis in which you can always give thanks in an unthankful world. But let me ask you, how are you doing? Today is Thanksgiving Sunday, which means out of all Sundays, and really out of all weeks, because leading up to Thanksgiving is Thursday itself, right? We try to be intentionally thankful. But let me ask you, are you feeling more thankful today than you did last Sunday? I think it's easy for us that during the holiday seasons, instead of living out the kind of spirit that we should be, which is a thankful, generous, hopeful spirit, most of us go into the holidays hurried, overwhelmed, anxious, right? The question that I want to ask you is, have you ever cultivated a deep awareness of what God has done for us in the gospel so that not only on Thanksgiving Sunday, but every Sunday, but every day, that we can have a mindset of thankfulness. I hope and pray that as we move forward to whatever God has for us as a church, as family members, as individuals, that we can always cultivate an attitude of thanksgiving, even when circumstances make it seem on the surface ludicrous to give thanks for. That instead of giving in to the mindset that says, woe is me, life is terrible, and I'm the greatest victim, Instead, we can always say the Lord gives, the Lord takes away, but blessed be the name of the Lord forever. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, as we think more about the story of Job and as we have thought about his way of enduring in this life, Father, we pray that we would take on that same attitude and mindset. Father, there are many things going on in our lives that we easily fixate on that causes us to complain and to gripe and to feel as if, We have nothing to be thankful for. But, O Lord, may you put us to holy shame that would wake us up and help us to see that there is so much to which we give thanks for, most preeminently, of the giving of your Son, Jesus Christ. That giving of your Son should lead us, lock us in to a permanent mindset of thanksgiving. And so, Father, we pray that we would always do that and always be faithful responding to the gospel of hope that you've given to us through your son, and that, would never, that we would never let a day go by where we were not thankful and always rejoicing in the wonderful gift of the gospel. Help us to do that now, for we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. We're not going to give God his tithes and our offering. If you're visiting us today, we don't expect you to give, but if you are a member of this body, let's give to God his tithes and our offerings. Let's pray together, and Father, we thank you so much for your many provisions and many wonderful gifts that you have blessed us with, and Father, now as we have given to you what is rightfully yours, and only a portion of that, we pray that we would always have a heart of thanksgiving, a heart of gratitude, a heart where we would accurately see ourselves, the world, and you the way we should see in Christ Jesus, that we would have a heartful and mindful attitude. Of gratefulness and thankfulness. Father, it is a view of life that is not overlooking the brokenness of sin, but instead it is looking through the hope that comes in the gospel. The gospel that overcomes all that is broken, the gospel that restores all that has been devastated by sin. And now, Father, we pray for the needs of our community, the needs of our city, and the needs of our world. Father, we thank you so much for our beloved NCF family. We thank you that you have watched over us and protected us in a very turbulent year. And Lord, as we anticipate for 2018 and what is to come, Lord, give us a heart of thanksgiving, especially now, so that as we face challenges, as we face difficulties, and maybe even setbacks, we would never succumb to the ways of Satan, but instead always remember to the hope of Jesus, and that we would always cling to you as our abiding hope, that you would be the foundation in which we would always be hopeful and grateful for what you are doing in us and through us for your glory and for the good of this world. Father, we pray for those among us who may be struggling right now, whether it be through financial hardships, whether it be through physical ailments, whether it be through psychological or spiritual downcast brokenness. Oh God, would you bring healing and restoration and provision to our brothers and sisters and please, Father, sensitize our spirit so that we would be so aware of our hurting brothers and sisters here and come alongside and be ready and willing to serve and meet real needs among us, O oh Jesus. We also pray for our servant leaders. We pray that your continued mercy and protection would be upon them. Father, we know that they are an easy target of gossip and slander. We also know that the enemy is very keen on causing them to succumb and discredit themselves as leaders. Father, there is much that is against them. We pray for your mercy and protection to be upon our servant leaders so that they can faithfully live out their calling and exercise the gifts that you have blessed them with in building and serving this body for your glory. And Father, we also pray for our parent congregation, KCQ. We ask that your grace and mercy would be upon them as they are in this very turbulent and transition of a season of a church. We pray that you will provide for them a shepherd that will lead and comfort and guide them to the next growth and chapter of KCQ's history. Father, we pray that that ministry will continue to grow and cultivate and be a blessing in New York City and to our parents' generation and to those around them. And, Father, we also just ask that you would be with our nation. Father, there are so many things going on in this nation that can cause us to be filled with such anxiety and anger and fear. But, Lord, we pray that you will protect this nation not for its own sake, but so the sake of the gospel being propagated throughout all the lands so that people will come to know you and embrace you as their only hope. Father, we pray for our secular leaders. We pray for our president and our Congress. Father, in spite of their uh, sinfulness, in spite of their lack of faith, we pray that by your common grace you would work in them and through them for your glory and for the propagation of your gospel. Father, we also pray for our missionaries scattered all over this globe. We pray for our brothers and sisters doing the work of the kingdom. We pray that you'll be with them and, and encourage them and protect their families. <clears throat> and most importantly, that you'll bring forth good fruit in the work that they are doing. Father, it is such an arduous task to go out of your own culture, to go away from your own home, so that the gospel would be preached to all nations. Father, would you be with our brothers and sisters, especially in those areas that are increasingly hostile to the gospel. God, would you watch over them, and Father, may you bless their work so that all nations will come to know you as Lord and Savior, for you are the God of the nations. Lord, there is so much to which we are grateful for, so much that we should always give thanks for. Help us to always remember these things so that we are always thankful every moment of our lives. Hear our prayers now, for we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.